Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, let's find out what's happening in the world of Rugby Union. It's never a dull day. Tom Decent from the Sydney Morning Herald 9 newspapers is on the line. G'day, Tom. Hey, Matt. How are you, mate? Good, thanks, mate. So, look, Hamish McLennan goes into that meeting and said to some journalists along the way, will the Rugby Australia board stand up to a few states? The answer was no. So, in a nutshell, they, they showed him the door and it was down to the votes, am I right, of Queensland... ACT, WA, Tasmania, South Australia and Northern Territory? Yeah, effectively. But, I mean, ultimately, the the Rugby Australia board meeting last night, that was Rugby Australia board members who made that call on whether Hamish McLennan should stay on or not as chairman. Um, Hamish has said that it was a mixed vote, but my understanding is that it was pretty clear-cut that most people in that room, if not all, thought that he should resign and stand aside. He was asked whether he would still be a director and he politely declined and has exited stage left and... That sort of caps a pretty tumultuous period in Australian rugby, which just um, is extraordinary. Mm. So where does it leave... I mean, we we can talk about Daniel Herbert coming in, but where does it leave now Rugby Australia without somebody like Hamish McLennan with all his faults, um, but all his positive sides as well, and, and the fact that he's... I guess he's a little bit outside of the Wallabies Boys Club, if you like. Um, where does that leave, do you think, the state of the Rugby Australia board? Yeah, it's a great question. Look, Dan Herbert is coming on in interim capacity, sort of where that is long-term, whether or not he wants to do that long-term hasn't been ascertained. He'll speak to the media later this afternoon to sort of front a few questions on that front. But yeah, sure, there's definitely... um, Hamish has had his fingers in different pies um, on a variety of different things, broadcast, commercial, that, look, it will be a step back and and there'll be people at RA who'll have to um, take the reins from here. But I, I think the code is just craving for a bit of consistency and stability and I clearly the rugby show board felt, thought that without Hamish there they would be able to achieve that in some way shape or form clearly centralization has been spoken about as a, a hurdle and a stumbling block but I think it's important to note that in Dan Herbert's statement last night he spoke about the states who you know said that they had no confidence in Hamish McLennan were fundamentally on board with centralization and trying to get everyone aligned um, in terms of getting these high performance structures sorted but yeah like it's um look the benefit is that there's no rugby for a few months. They can flesh this out over the off-season and try and get things a little bit um, humming and in better condition by the time Super Rugby starts next year. So what was the clincher then, Tom, do you reckon, for Hamish's demise? Because if centralisation is an issue that they're all going to eventually get on board with, we let's take that off the table as the clincher. The Eddie Jones experiment, we know how that ended. I, I raised my eyebrows when I heard Phil War last week talk about 
the fact that we don't need, we can't be out there in the rugby league market, for instance, doing any more Joseph Sualihi deals. And I thought that that was really smart and great clarity from Phil War. But then I went, hang on a second, that pits you directly against the bloke who wants to go out and make some noise. Was that part of the clincher for Hamish? I think definitely. I think people just thought he was making too many captain's calls and that it was his way or the highway. Now, chairman's sort of supposed to sit on top of the board and they all vote on that, but clearly there was things being pushed through that weren't being... Um, there was, wasn't a lot of board sort of discussion around that. You know, clearly hiring of Eddie Jones was effectively Hamish McClendon's call and that backfired spectacularly. Now, he will argue you could never have foreseen that. Eddie's World Cup record was fantastic. Who could have foreseen that he was secretly interviewing with Japan? I get all that, but clearly ultimately the buck stops with the guy who made that call. Eddie Jones has quit and Hamish McClendon has now fallen on his sword. Yes, Joseph Suwali'i, clearly that was um, pushed through by Hamish. I know Andy Marinos, the former CEO, wasn't you know on board with that and clearly a lot of board members didn't think the same thing. Um, yeah, that would probably be the main to it. And clearly uh, there was a lot of posturing from Hamish and very bullish about his statements and double downing on things saying, oh, you know, I think I would hire Eddie again or words to that effect that it wasn't the wrong call. I, I just think that... Uh, the rugby stakeholders felt that a change was necessary for the game to move forward in this country. Yeah, and they've got some clean air, like you say. There's no rugby on for a bit, so they've got some clear air to sort out all of the stuff that's in front of them, which is an enormous job for Phil and now Daniel Herbert. So we know Dan Herbert's playing career, 67 test matches, um, incredible year in 1999, which when Australia run, won the World Cup and he was World Test Player of the Year. And then he moves into the corporate side of things as well. So what type of chairman do you reckon Dan Herbert could be and what type of chairman does Rugby Australia need? That's a great question. I think someone on the same page as the CEO. Now, Phil War was effectively picked by Hamish McLennan. They were very tight. Phil War was on the board when... Um, Hamish McLennan was chairman and was promoted to CEO, which is sort of a bit of an odd appointment anyway for a board member to be appointed to the CEO. Clearly, there needs to be alignment with the CEO and chairman. Um, there's been times where Hamish McLennan has said things in the media and maybe the CEO didn't know about it or they weren't sort of on the same page. So I think that ultimately Phil War and whoever is chairman long-term, if it's Dan Herbert or someone else, need to be aligned on that. And... Um, yeah, they just need stability, and 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 this is the time for it. The, the game is at absolute rock bottom in this country, and I think the game's leaders, and I think the game's stakeholders, the states, the fans, everyone is is at the realization now that everyone needs to pull together. The centralization probably is the answer to things because if not now, then then when. The New South Wales deal to um, go under the banner of Rugby Australia with the centralisation for the high performance part of of everything that they do does does that remain on foot here? To, especially knowing, like you've said, with um, the other states saying that they will be committed to centralisation, has anything changed with the New South Wales side of things? Not to my knowledge. I mean, it's clearly pretty raw. I haven't spoken to CEO Paul Dawn today, but my understanding is that will be the case. I know the Melbourne Rebels are very close to sort of um, pulling off a pretty similar sort of deal in terms of coming under the RA umbrella, but I think the biggest sticking points will be with the Brumbies and Queensland um, at this stage. Okay. All right. Where are we at with the Wallabies, Coach, mate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it seems like a, you would think that is the only thing 
you know, that <laughs> RA, on RA's mind, but it could be one of 10 things on their mind at the moment. Um, look, clearly behind the scenes, some of those coaches, Stephen Larkin, Dan McKellar, are possible candidates. They're sort of quietly working out who assistance might be if they were to apply for the role. But I think Phil War has gone on record to say that they don't need to rush that appointment. The Wallabies won't play a test until July. Um, and... That's okay. Look, yeah, and I'm not too sure Hamish McLennan was also part of that process and the rugby committee would start interviewing people and working out who would be a potential replacement for Eddie Jones. But, um, yeah, that's another problem they'll have to fix. Yeah. All right. Well, you've been across it, mate. I appreciate all the input today. Like you say, it's all still very raw and we'll hear from Daniel Herbert in due course. Thanks for your time this morning, Tom. No worries. Thanks, Matt.